Okay, Sue. Yeah. Talk to me. All right. I have the fixations. You know, I just, I find something, I get excited about it, I obsess over it, and then I move on. I'm into soups right, right now. I'm really into matzo ball soup right now. Okay, hold on. Back up, yeah. back up, back yeah, up, yeah, back yeah, up, yeah, back yeah. up. Okay, what led to this fixation? Was there a conversation? Did you walk past a Hale and Hardy? How did it happen? No, I, I don't know. I, I've kind of gotten back into cooking a little bit lately. And I was, like, Mm -hmm. really craving soup. Like, it's been so cold. And, like, matzo ball soup is one Mm -hmm. of, like, it's perfect. There's chicken. There's a lot of salt. There's there's a crackery substance. You know, it's, like, it's perfect comfort. Yeah. No, it is the salt. (laughs) It's the salt. It's the salt. Like, honestly, honestly, you could just do a a warm pot of salt water and you would feel about the same as, as you do. You're right. But it's so, it's so good. And the dill, I texted you about this. The Whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. This is controversial. Okay, so it actually smelled exactly how I thought it should smell as soon as I added the dill. So I bought so the ingredient the recipe I used was like pre-made stock, but you like kind of fluff it up a little bit, and one of them was with mm, a few a few sprigs of dill. And I was like, sure, I love dill. Why would I sure? You know? That's nuts. I mean, oh, I don't know so I don't I don't know my family's recipe at all. It's not like a secret thing. It's just like I don't care. Right. I just eat it. Um, someday I'm sure I will care. Yeah, but I'm sure I, you will. I, I know that there is no dill in it. My my parents have never been in my. There's never been dill in my house. Okay, it's never happened. And like I don't. Not on purpose, anyway. But so and then like, but I, everywhere I've ever had it, I've never noticed dill in it either. Like I've never seen bits of it. But I'm telling you, I've been looking up a bunch of, like, um, broth recipes, because that's my next thing, is I have to make the perfect broth, and then I'll sure. achieve the perfect soup. Um, but most of them call for dill and parsley. That's and, like, celery, me. carrots, onions. Like, the basic, so, the basics, chicken, and then dill and parsley. So let me let, me let you in on, a, on some, some Jewish knowledge Give for it a second. Give you know, Yeah. Open the curtain. Welcome to the protocols meeting. Thank but you. not really. We're just talking about food for a second. There, so there's, like, a list of, like, this is kosher, right? Right. Okay. And there's a list of, like, this is not kosher, okay? There's a there's a third list of things that are kosher, but no Jew would ever eat them. And I'm pretty sure dill is on that list. Also on that list, um, sour cream comes to mind. Um, that's a major That's a major one. No, no good Jewish person has ever eaten something and thought you know what i want on top of this is sour cream okay i'm gonna dill is dill is yeah i'm gonna challenge you twice and this is and these might not be because you just kind of informed me about the kosher deli scene like i love a good jewish deli i did not know in my mind the distinction between a jewish deli and a kosher deli small distinction but important no and i totally get it now but so in a kosher deli they mm-hmm. put pickles out? Oh, yeah. All right. Those are dill pickles, unless they're new they pickles. Do... And new pickles are amazing. I love... I don't know... I don't even know what that word is. New a, pickles? A new pickle? It's like a less pickled like pickle. Like N-E-W? 
That's called a that's called a half sour. What the f- no. Is <laughs> it? So they so they put out as to my knowledge there are not dill pickles at kosher restaurants. They put out two kinds of pickles. One is called a sour pickle and one is called a half sour pickle. And there's a difference in color. One is more green than the okay. other, but I can't tell. So I just eat them like they're the same thing. Can you not tell cuz you don't care or is it a color thing? It's a color okay. thing. I also don't care. They they taste fine. Um, but can you no, taste you the difference? To... Yeah, one's a little salt, uh, sourier. I don't. I don't think they put out dill pickles. I'm pretty sure the sour one had dill in it. We'll have to that, ask. I mean, this is just that's a that's an important question. It is, and then and then here's the other thing I'm going to challenge you on because I'm pretty sure this this meal would be kosher. Is some people like sour cream on a nice latke? That's disgusting. No, it's what? I no. I no. That that no. hurts me in my core. I'm upset. What the hell do you eat on a mashed potato then? Me personally? If you just say butter, I'm going to be so sad. I mean, personally I don't like mashed potatoes. All right, that's a uh, whole separate <laughs> problem. But if I had to eat a mashed potato, yeah, it would just be just be butter. Butter and salt. <laughs> God Dude, you, you you are like Kenneth on 30 Rock. Y'all got noodles with butter? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That sounds great. Maybe maybe a sprinkle of um, cheese or something. I don't know. Garlic, lots of garlic. Ooh, oh, and then... Did you put garlic, garlic in your soup? Fuck yeah, I put garlic in my soup. Okay, that makes sense. And the first batch, I left the onions in. And I was happy with that decision. Oh, in the soup. That sounds good. I thought, I for a second I thought you left them out. And I was like, well... Fuck, did you even make chicken soup? <laughs> Can you even call that a soup? Okay, I'm really glad we spent we spent a little more time on the chicken soup than I expected. Yeah, and what? I'm really glad. But speaking of really fast, what time what time do you have for that? Uh, six minutes. Okay, good. It still looks weird, but let's keep rolling, man. All right. Um, I'm really glad that we we started with six minutes on chicken soup. I know that maybe the listener is like. Jason, Emily, six minutes on chicken soup, that's, you know, that's six minutes too many, no, but my they're fan, wrong. No, my fans will think that's a fine amount of time for chicken soup conversation. <laughs> your fans. <laughs> Do you mean your friends? Um, so we're, we're moving right now to a documentary that you need, you need to start with something a little, a little warm, a little cuddly, because it's going to be a cold, a cold conversation. Sorry, I felt like that was a really nice comeback. <laughs> Emily, stay with me. I know, I'm so sorry. I think I'm nervous. I think now I'm a little I'm, nervous. All right, now I'm I am, I am nervous. Now I'm snapped um, back into it. Yeah, okay. Whew. So no more laughing. No. Ever. Okay, no, but so so I, I will say, honestly, and you know this, like, I was very nervous to talk about the documentary we're talking about this week. It's called Who Took Johnny. Uh, it is, I, I guess I'm, I, I don't know exactly what, what scares me about speaking about it so much as, like, it's a scary documentary. Absolutely. It's, it's in similar vein to Amanda Knox of, like, what if I was in that position and, like, mm-hmm. how, how does everything maybe play against me? And I feel like this is similar to that, just from a right. different perspective. 
I mean, and obviously, when you have bad things happening to children, that always is adding a layer of um, discomfort and fear. Totally. Uh, And I will say that, like, this documentary kind of... I mean, I don't know how else they would have done it, but, like, um, it plays like a horror movie. And, like, they, they kind of up the anxiety throughout the whole thing. Um, they're not really interested in making the audience feel comfortable ever. No, but it it builds very well. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I love a good documentary with a clear timeline. Like, I love a good visual yeah. timeline. And this really, because yeah. it helps you kind of grasp, like, what society was like at each stage of this. This is not a case that was open and shut in a couple of years. Um, I guess technically it's still ongoing. Right. Which um, has been a minute. <laughs> well, so so timeline, it's a great segue into just getting to the, you know, the facts of the case, so to speak, which they, again, I think they do a great job of just, like, laying out, like, these are the agreed upon facts, because uh, it's a case that's really up in the air as to where it goes after those agreed upon facts. Basically, it's a uh, 12-year-old boy, 13-year-old boy, Johnny Gosh, uh, has a paper route. Uh, he goes out delivering the papers one morning without his father, which is uh, not normal, but he goes out with his dog, uh, and he is never seen again. Um, he, they see him speaking to a few different men, I believe, right? At least two men. Yes. One of, them, one of them's in a car. There's an eyewitness to him speaking to the guy in the car, um, but no one sees him disappear. Right. There's not there's not a whole lot of of evidence of like I think they knew maybe the car. Right. Like they they were oh, able they to identify the type of car. Blue. Yeah. They identified the kind of car. Um, and the neighbor, I think his name is Mike, like had some pretty clear uh, details about the person driving the car. Not so much like he looked like this, but uh, you know he describes him as being very like kind of caffeinated is the word he uses like very jittery and excitable um and seemed maybe like he was angry about something yeah um well i didn't know if they also meant like cocaine (laughs) right like this guy was was just amped on some coke i mean that's that was my kind of how i took it was was like drugs in some way yeah um so uh the mother noreen gosh calls the police and is like yo my son is missing uh, and they basically don't do anything about it. Yeah, so at the time, to report a missing, I think missing child, or maybe right. just missing person in general, you had to wait 72 hours. Right. Which is insane. I, I think 24 hours is too long. Like, <laughs> well, I, mean, I so do. Now, now you don't have to wait at all. Right. Um, for children anyway, maybe for adults, I'm, I'm not sure it could be different, but for children, you don't wait. Right. Um, yeah, but absolutely. If it, and you know, so the, the police chief or yeah, the police chief is pretty clear, pretty certain that it's a runaway situation, which no. <laughs> yeah. And they were very like adamant about it for no reason. And I didn't understand that. I was like, why are you insisting that this kid ran away? I mean, so what's interesting is, so because he's a runaway, right, the, according to the FBI, you have to prove that he, in, in the 80s, you have to prove that, the, uh, that he's in trouble, that his life is in danger before 
the FBI will, like, do anything about it. Right. But if he's a runaway, there's, according to the FBI, he's not in danger. Um, he's just walking along, having a great life. Um, and so the way I saw it at first was, like, laziness, right? Like, uh, yeah. you, it's easier to say he's a runaway than to say he's, he's kidnapped. Yeah, I mean, there's there's less work involved with that. Um, but I don't know. I felt like they were particularly into not being a part of this case. Like, yeah. and that was just striking for me. And I don't I don't know why. It sounded like a very, like, sleepy town, like, with not a lot of action, you know? So I'm not really sure why they were so hesitant. But it was, right. it was enough that the parents had to take the publicity of it all into their own hands. Which is actually one of the like first things that really struck me is the documentary opens with a clip of them on the news, um, and you know they're like, if it, you know our son is missing, yada yada, yada. And if you know anything about it, call our home, and they give their number. Yeah. And that would not happen today. No, that was so weird. Like when I I had the same thing. Like when I saw that, I was like, that is. Like, you would just get a bunch of assholes, I feel. Like, well, that's on, so on risky. Top of like, on top of it being risky and, like, impractical, like, the police should be the ones handling those calls. Absolutely. Because they're the ones who are hopefully trained in dealing with missing persons. Yeah. No, agreed. It's, um, yeah, it was very odd. And then, because of all of that, Noreen... I love Noreen. Um, <laughs> I do. She came off as being crazy, though, because she was so persistent in the media. Right. And she's like, it's my kid. I don't know what you would expect. And it's true. Like, I don't know what people expected her to do. But, you know, they were saying that she came off abrasive and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, no it's one's like, helping yeah. her find her kid. You'd be upset, right. too. You'd be, cra- you'd be quote unquote crazy, too. And from the footage I saw and the way she lives her life, I feel like she probably handled that better than a lot of people would have. I mean, honestly, and, you know, it's not... You don't have to reach too far to see that it's, like, just, like, basic misogyny, right? Totally. Like, here's a woman who uh, is... Hysterical. Who's hes- yeah, who's hysterical, and she's just, you know, uh, not able to handle stress like men are. Um and is bothering us, and so we don't want to worry about her. Um, yeah, that drove me crazy. And again, it's like, what do, kind of similar to the Amanda Knox thing, it's like, people grieve in different ways. Like, what, what are you expecting? Like, what do you want? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was definitely frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Noreen was interesting. Like, I just... I give her a lot of credit for not not letting, like, the haters get her down. You know what I mean? Like, she... I think that's great. And they later interviewed her current husband. And, oh, my God, it was so sweet. They asked him, like, what's your favorite quality of her? And he was so choked up. And he was like, willpower. And I was like, yeah, but yeah. It's like he's dating a Power Ranger. Yeah. Or married to a Power Ranger. It's true. Um, well, and, you know... On top of the fact that she, like, you know, was hounding them and, you know, trying to get, uh, trying to get them to solve this case, like, uh, someone at one point in the movie says, it's like, 
it's impossible to um, to overestimate the amount that John and Noreen Gosh have done for missing persons in this country and like changing the laws and making it possible like the fact that we don't wait 72 hours anymore for to find people like that's Noreen Gosh yeah um no, and at one point she says something like, I hope, like, some good can at least come of this, like, if anything. Right. Um, well, and, you know, she seems to work with parents of missing kids and stuff like that. Like, it definitely seems like, even though Johnny Gosh was never found, like, good does come from this. Yeah. No, I enjoy, like, it's cool that she's still involved with parents and is able, like, I don't know. The biggest thing is to be able to relate to somebody. And like, that's gotta be one of the worst feelings in the freaking world. Like there's something about like a child, you know, like even when you're grown, like if your child passes away, like that's just indescribable, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to, for her to just still like be able to go into that place and like level with them, I think is, um, very, very like kind of her. And you know those those uh, so she goes to sit with this family whose two uh, they were they were cousins uh, went missing. Uh, their daughter and her cousin went missing. Uh, that case has never been solved either. Um, yeah, I was, I was doing some Reddit on that. Right, because they found uh, the bodies, right? They found the bodies. They the girls were murdered. They know that. Yeah. Um, and they don't. But, but one of those girls. Uh, both of her parents are now in prison for drug charges, and the other one, one of the the mother that we meet in the documentary, she's in prison on drug charges. They're like they all have they're like a meth family and stuff. So wow, that's a cool side story. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Um, I think maybe it's important to say maybe not. I don't know that this all take pl- takes place in Iowa, so there's this huge like rural. Uh, kind of bubble feeling where it's like bad things don't happen here Um, and so this town was really and still is really affected by the disappearance of this kid uh, in a way that I you know missing kids in New York and Chicago like don't I don't think we have this anymore Uh, or this doesn't happen to us we're like these stories kind of rile us up in this way yeah Uh, well and this is an interesting kind of distinction because a lot of people today are like oh it's like not as safe today as it was then but then this kind of shows like this kind of shit wasn't reported you know like this wasn't something that people were talking about and maybe because it involved children and it was like so horrendous to put that on the news but um you know so i don't i don't know if it was better then and it was today or whatever but like there's definitely that playing into it that it just wasn't talked about but culturally, like, my parents used to tell me that all the time. They're like, yeah, it was different then. Like, we would go off on our bikes, and, you know, as long as we were right. home by sunset, then we were fine. Like, that's just how it was, you know? And it's it's not like that anymore today, at least where I'm from. So, basic, so to speak, kidnapping case, right? The kid goes missing. Yeah. Uh, never to be found from again. Uh, the documentary and the story takes a pretty big turn uh when we meet uh paul bonacci uh who is i know amongst me and emily at least a a figure of a certain amount of controversy he's this guy uh with multiple personality disorder uh who claims that he was there 
um, that he was the one of the kidnappers. Yeah, that he was like in the car and like maybe physically grabbed him. Um, and he gives a lot of compelling evidence as you know proving he was there. He also leads um, investigators from um, America's Most Wanted, the television show, to a a house that is like uh, designed to hold children yeah. or hold people at the very least. Basically. Um, and so this guy comes forward and the police never question him. Which I just, I don't know. Like, that's just part of the thing that just blows my mind. Like, why would you not question this kid? Like he led them to a house, you know, right. and he wasn't getting a deal for it. At least that's, at least that's what Noreen has said. Um, but it sounds like he, you know, wasn't really getting anything for it other than just trying to do his part or whatever. And so for how accurate he was on some stuff, and I realize he has multiple personalities, but why wouldn't you get some sort of statement? Well, and I guess the thing that's been kind of knocking around in my head all day, right, is like, so there, this story ends up moving to like all sorts of conspiracies. Um, and there's this uh, overarching conspiracy theory of, a child sex ring in the Midwest where they're snatching up kids and, uh, you know, there's human trafficking and it's this complex, elaborate thing. And I can understand if you're the police, like, you don't want to maybe be involved with a conspiracy theory that uh, is unfounded. But don't you think you have a certain amount of responsibility to be like, protecting yourself against the allegations of conspiracy you know what i mean yeah no totally like at least at least kind of show that you're on the side of like the citizens the safety the good side right yeah no exactly well and it's like you know a certain amount of transparency is to be expected right and and obviously you can't like refute every conspiracy theory but when people are claiming that the police are on the side of a child sex ring you at least should be making an effort to be like no we aren't like we aren't protecting bad people yeah no cops are interesting i don't know there's just this is this is two documentaries we've watched now almost in a row back to back with some shady shady cops not even shady just like stubborn yeah it's it's very much like an ego thing and that makes and that makes sense for like but you have to think about people that become cops i guess you know what i mean there's a certain amount of like their ego their power being recognized as as power like they crave that Right. You know, you have to have the right mindset to do that type of job. So, like, your ego, your opinion, what you say, like, it matters to you. And you think it should matter to everybody else. So if someone well, refutes what you're saying based on the fact that they're just a citizen, why would you care? And, you know, the, like, confirmation bias in policing is, like, is well documented. The idea that, like, the police kind of choose their choose who did it and then find the evidence to support that happens all the time um but also like you know not to put all the blame on police like we all do that like 
I mean, you have to see that now more than ever, where like people pick their truth and then find the evidence to oh, support. Oh hell their truth. yeah! I mean, you could find evidence that we have a, a larger debt now than we did eight years ago, and you can also find evidence saying that it's worse than it ever was. I like it, and who's to say? I don't. I don't know. But, see, but that's see, but that's what sucks, right? Yeah. Is, like, is this this idea that like, well, who's to say? Like, how? Well, like one of those is true. Yeah. Like, there's a, there, there's you know, there has to be the, one of them that's right. One of one of them is true, and we I, I read this uh, this long article in um, shoot, it was linked from Politico, but it it wasn't Politico this morning on the train about like how we now live in this post post factual society, and like we don't have to. <laughs> no, right? Like, like, there's no, there's no reason for that. Yeah, um, but think about it. Well, though. I mean, like, the article. There's a ton of reasons. Yeah, but it's like, it, how if you really wanted to know the answer to like that question, like our deficit, like where would you have the tools to even do that research factually correctly? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what sources would you? No, use? that's absolutely true. So it's weird because you almost can't do your own research on some stuff, and you kind of just need to take it. I mean, decide for yourself what you think's right, which is scary that you can't just have an answer. But it's interesting that, like, I don't know, watching this documentary and now, like, in this conversation, like, it's interesting because we kind of think that our, like, confirmation biases or whatever is, like, a new issue. But, like, we've always, you know, we've always done this, but it, we used to have less, maybe it's that we used to have less, like, fewer sources to 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 bounce our ideas off of. Um, you know, like if you only had three television channels and you wanted to, you know, there, there was, there was an objective truth, so to speak. There was what the three networks were saying. Yeah. No, it's interesting because there's just more people that can have an opinion now. I, uh, recently discovered, uh, Tommy Lauren. So that's, that's where I'm at with, with that whole journey of that. Um, but like there but yeah. is this, and this one gets. There's an objective truth about like who took Johnny, right? Like yeah, like he went missing, and something happened there. But like when you get start start throwing in all of these like wild like conspiracy theories or like crazy ideas or or the police officer who's just like, well, there's no crime scene here, like, and then everyone just stops looking. Like, I found my answer, and that's good enough for me. Even, you know, like, for me, I know the first thing I did is I was like, okay, where was the dad, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Just from the wide variety of experience I have in doing research, I know it's always the father. Sure. Uh, But, no, it's interesting that, like, I don't... It doesn't seem as though his parents were involved, but it's also weird that they didn't look at them. Like you just said. Maybe, I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, the, the biggest piece of evidence for me is, um, I don't know who said it. Some guy in the documentary. <laughs> um, oh, the, the pedophilia expert, actually. Uh, the biggest piece of evidence for me, so the police are right away like, he, it's a runaway situation. And the, the pedophilia expert is like, if it was a runaway, he would have taken the dog. Like, the I'm fact saying. that the dog was left behind means that there was a kidnapping. Yeah, to me that was like a clear sign of something went weird here. If you were going to run away, to... you'd run away. Do you want to know my wild conspiracy theory based in no evidence? Yeah. Okay. 
This is the this is the theory. Um, the father, John Gosh Senior. Oh, ooh, I like it already. Uh, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, got mad. Yada yada yada. He he kills John, uh, the son. Mm-hmm. Puts him away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, years later, he confesses that to the mother who is so by now entrenched in these theories about a child sex ring that she doesn't want to go back against her own word, uh, and so they get a divorce. Uh, I would say that that is plausible, but I found, I found one hole in it. Yeah. And that is that Noreen is the most honest fucking woman. Yeah. In the yeah. fucking world, okay? Should we talk about that, or is that like a Please. spoiler? Yeah, n- no, it's not a spoiler. We need to talk about okay. it. Okay. I need to. I need to talk about it. Okay, that's cool. I'm. I'm pretty sure my audio is messed up, but but we're gonna just keep checking. Uh, okay. Okay. So Noreen is on trial because Paul, Paul was in. Uh, he was in a case to win some money for. Something bad that had happened to him. And Noreen was part of the... She was on the witness stand. And they asked her, like, have you seen your son since he disappeared? And she had to answer honestly, because she was in court, and she said yes. And then everyone loses their goddamn minds. Because this was, like, years later. Right. And so what she claims is that she was home one night, gets a knock on the door... There's Johnny. They speak for an hour, and then he leaves. And he told her, like, don't tell anyone because, like, this could be bad for me. Yep. On the count of three, yes, you believe her. You believe, no, not believe her. Yes, you believe she saw Johnny in real life. Or no, you do not believe she saw Johnny in real life. One, two, Three. Yes, no. I knew that was Come gonna on. be that. No, I'm gonna tell you. You know Come what? On. You know what? Here's here's what I'm gonna say. Like, for me, why would you have? Why would you bring that up if you don't have to? And also, her reasoning behind not talking about it to me was so in line with like her character and how she is as a mom. Like, why didn't you say anything? Because my son's so, in danger and asked me wait, not but to. Wait, but, but let me, not... <laughs> I just let, like watching your head explode. You, do you believe that she actually saw her son or that she believes she saw her son? Or both? <sighs> I'm going to be so emotional here because like, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, if that comforts oh. her... No, fuck you, Jason. Like, if that comforts her... <laughs> If that comforts her, like, I don't, who cares? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't even really. No, okay, okay, of course it doesn't affect you. <laughs> no, I know, you. that was stupid. It doesn't... No, it, I mean, it's, no, it's a fair point. It's just, ugh. I know, but you can go off. I know, it's totally a ridiculous story, and it could totally not be real. But, like, I want to think it is, because I'm, it's funny. I don't, I mean, I don't think she was, I personally don't think she was lying, like, to get attention or, like, to make a big ruckus or anything like that. Um, If nothing else, she seems to have a pretty clear grasp on, like, publicity and, like, playing the media right to get your story in the headlines and, like, have positive publicity about your family and stuff. Like, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing she would uh, make up for headlines. 
Well, but and come on. But okay, here's what else I love about Noreen it is um, her speech pattern from the '70s was so '70s, and it like transformed as she grew, and it was amazing. But there's one point in the very beginning, and she's like, "The FBI won't look at this because they say we're loons." And the FBI, yep. and that's how the FBI thinks about people who lose their children. They're loons. So like, and the way she said loons, I was like about it. I was like, keep saying loons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like to me, she had already been labeled the craziest of things. Like, why would you want to? Why would you want to say yes? I saw my son and have it not be true after being labeled a loon. She was labeled yeah. a loon. Definitely, if you were, were worried about being labeled a loon, this was the wrong thing to say. Sure. Um, I don't know. I. It kind of, okay, uh, but think about it though. Let's say Johnny's story is real. He he was human trafficked, and then it's <laughs> horrible, and he got out. Yeah, keep going. And he got out. Okay, he's right. out. He's probably committed so much shit. Not because he wanted yeah. to, but because that's part of surviving that situation. Right. The cops yeah. already don't give a shit that he's been missing. He knows that because I'm sure that he, I'm sure that he's at this point had access to something and knows that no one went looking for him. You know. Right. So the police aren't Still on does. your side already. You've definitely have done crimes. The people that captured you probably would want you back. And, like, you've got to keep a low profile. So, like, for Johnny to come home in, like, a big celebratory way and have this big old life would probably endanger so many people at that time. Like, at that point. You're just... This is my thing. Yeah. Okay? Hey, I'm from a what, From what we know... Yeah. From what we, from what we know about Noreen Gosh, right? You're telling me that her son shows up on her doorstep, stays an hour, and she lets him go? That yeah. I don't see happen. Okay, she keeps him. She she makes him stay. You don't think people are going to notice? He's like, what kind of life does he have then? Oh, no, no, no. No, I hear what, I hear what you're saying, that, like, maybe... Um, Ooh, that'd be interesting, like reverse kidnapping. Exactly, because, like, exactly. There's a plot in there. See, but, and, but Noreen thought about that shit. Mm. But no, go on. Okay, so so she okay. Well, no, so so already. I I disagree. I just dis- go. Yeah. What do you disagree with? It's okay. I I no. I don't. I don't agree with the idea that. I mean, obviously, uh, Johnny Gosh would be worried about the cops like arresting him or like you know because he did he's done illegal things. But like that would not happen. Um, regardless of what he's done. I think. How do you know unless, that? Unless he ran away. Because that's illegal. If he ran what away. What if? Oh, my God. What if, what if this whole time he's just been living in the fucking woods like a king because he's, he won the lottery and then he ran away? Yeah. Faked his own kidnapping. Sure. Comes back, says, hey, Ma, I'm alive, but you can't tell anyone because they'll take all my money. And now he's giving all the money to Noreen. Wow. That's an interesting. It's it's a good movie. Thank you. I've come up with two solid uh, pilots in the past two minutes. Good for you. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I guess we'll never know. Like that's one of those weird unanswerable questions. And that sucks. It that does. Really those are the nuts. worst. Um, if yeah. you're if you if you like this kind of shit, like the the stuff, you know the without answers kind of things. Oh yeah. There's a whole Reddit. There's a whole Reddit called Unresolved Mysteries. Sweet. Um, and this is all they do is look at like cold cases and you know the internet solves them, but usually doesn't. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a lot of interesting internet theorems about this case yeah because technically i don't know if a case was ever officially open but it's definitely never been officially officially closed or maybe it was open and closed as a kidnapping and that's or as a Um, runaway and that's bullshit no 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 well oh i guess i don't know it ends by saying that um the that johnny gosh is still considered a missing person I mean, he could totally have just assumed another alias and, like, started a completely normal life. Yeah, that's I would, true. I, would, I, I, I think that'd be great. That'd be the best case scenario. I, I will say that, and I'll, that the uh, photo that they show at the end of the documentary looks a lot like Mark Wahlberg. He's handsome! The, like, what would he look like now? Yep. I mean, that's, that's Mark Wahlberg right there. I took a screenshot. Oh yeah, you did. I mean, it's a little, it's a little rugged, but also like he's sweet, you know. Mm. It's a nice balance. And he's forty-seven this year, so who knows? It'd be cool if he was still like out there, just living as Mike Smith, lumberjack, and listening to our <laughs> podcast. Oh, that'd be cool. every week. I love it. If you're listening to this podcast, please just text me. <laughs> Give them your personal cell phone number, Jason. Just like in the movie. Yeah, that's that's well, that'd be interesting if anyone ever listened. Um, okay, let's 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 move on from from Johnny Gosh. It was a good one, though. Highly recommend. Well laid out. Good story. Yeah. Good build. Um, very nice. Something little warning: if you're gonna watch this on the subway, like I did, now that you can download content. I watched on this on the subway too. Okay, so there's a there's a part towards the end where they show pretty graphic um, child pornography. Um, no nudity, but there's like uh, it's graphic. Yeah. Um, just know that if you're watching this on a subway next to a family, that you're gonna want to hide your phone at that moment. Um, it was startling to me, and I don't think any of them saw it, but. Um, I may be on some watch lists. Sure. So, for next week... Yeah, what are we... Um, I've seen this one before. Uh, it's kind of short. It's a, it's a bio-doc. Bio-doc? Sure. Biopic? Biopic. Nope. Bio- bio-doc. Biopic is like a medical thing, right? I think like it's how a... some people say biopic. Oh, it's not like I had a wart and I wasn't sure if it was cancerous and I had a biopic and it turned out it was fine. Are you being, are you, is this a bit? It's a half bit because I figured out the answer midway through the sentence. Yeah, it's a biopsy. There we uh, go. So next, next week uh, we're watching a documentary. It's on Netflix. 
Uh, it's about uh, someone who I find very interesting. His name is James Randi. Uh, he's a retired magician and escape artist. Uh, and Ooh. he, his, his, his whole um, thing, his whole life, uh, his whole thing uh, is um, exposing frauds and exposing uh, con men. Sweet. Uh, so the, the, the documentary is called An Honest Liar. Um, I'm really uh, secretly, not so secretly, into magic, uh, and uh, the amazing Randy is the like m- mentor and like inspiration for Penn and Teller. Uh, oh, always. yeah. So if you like them at all, you'll probably like this. It's a fun documentary on Netflix. An honest liar. Uh, good crap. All right. Um, we're on Tumblr. Postdogpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on iTunes. We're on um, Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're on a new thing, um, Ooh. which I didn't add myself, but a uh, uh, um, friend of mine, friend of the show, Sarah Duffett, uh, said, and I don't know what it's called. I think it's got Wolf in it. I don't know, but we're on some other app, which is kind of cool. Um, Earwolf? No, that's a that's like a real thing. No, I know. <laughs> Fuck me, right? No, that's uh, very cool. Thank, thank you, Sarah. Um, so, yeah, tell people to listen. Um, Emily's Twitter is at EMToby. Uh, the M stands for magic. And um, my Twitter is JC Kasman. Uh, the C stands for cranium. Um, I don't have a quote to end this, and I don't really want to end it on a quote because I feel like that's silly. You know, Chevy Chase never didn't want to end it with the punch. And by end it, I mean start it. Because he started every... You know, he always he always fell. That's a great point. So actually, um, I do have a quote to end it. I knew you did, uh, Jason. I knew you did. Uh, in the words of Chevy Chase. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm a documentary, and you're not. Whoa! Whew. So did any of that record? <laughs> <laughs>